Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Are you having trouble losing weight? Do you get extreme food cravings, especially at night? What about the inability to lose weight even when you cut calories and do a lot of exercise? I know I fell into this category for pretty much most of my life. It's actually probably not even your fault. You most likely have what's called leptin resistance. Leptin is actually a hormone made by the fat cells that regulates food intake and energy expenditure by communicating with the brain. The more fat you have, the more negative leptin messages are actually being sent to your brain. This creates what's called leptin resistance and is going to sabotage all dieting efforts and causes food cravings even when you have enough fat stored. Introducing Zenith, this is an all-new, completely natural formula that gently decreases leptin levels to restore accurate communication between fat cells in the brain. Zenith contains zero harmful stimulants. It's made of all-natural polysaccharides and acetylated fatty acids, very safe for long-term weight loss plans, and it is made in the USA. In an eight-week, university-conducted, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, participants lost 21.3 pounds of fat, lost almost four inches off their waistline, and reduced serum leptin levels by 43%. So if you or someone you know, someone you really love is struggling with weight loss, head down to the show notes. I'll have a link there and a few videos where you can learn more information about Zenith. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Buy Optimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. Today's guest is the amazing Matt Gallant from Buy Optimizers. I know you guys have heard me talk about their nootropics with Mr. Newts and the Newtopia. I had a podcast a couple of years ago all about their digestive enzymes. And now I wanted to bring Matt on because he is what I call a sleep expert. He spent over $45,000 trying to biohack his sleep. Different sleep ergonomics, mattresses, blackout curtains, PMFs, technology, all of these different tools and metrics to measure his sleep to see how good his sleep actually was getting. And then now at the very end of this episode, we're going to talk about some of his new sleep molecules. 
Bioptimizer's Sleep Breakthrough and Dream Breakthrough. And I have the Dream Breakthrough on the way, so I haven't tried that product personally. But the Sleep Breakthrough mixed with the magnesium that I also have an ad for in this show are amazing one-two combo. I feel like I sleep through the night. I feel absolute amazing. We're going to break down these sleep molecules at the end of the show after we go through all of the different mattresses and pillows and things like that that are really actionable steps for people to utilize and optimize their sleep. So if you want to try out any of these sleep products, I always recommend the magnesium for sleep as well. I know you guys have heard that on the ads for the show, but if you want to go over and try out the sleep or the dream breakthrough, you can still use my code integrative thoughts 10 for 10% off at the checkout. Matt, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you back. Been looking forward to this one. Yeah, it's great to be here feels like you know we keep connecting through instagram but there's nothing like like having a deep talk so excited yes i i really i just posted today that social media is by far and away the greatest networking tool ever and i can't believe that more people don't have like the courage to literally just dm somebody that they think Mm -hmm. is like-minded because my community and the expansions that i've had literally just by sending a dm is insane and I do like I get left on red quite a bit, you know, every once in a while, dude's busy, he's human, he's he's not on social media or someone's running their account for them. So you get left on red. But man, I, if law, the law of probabilities, you know, you send 10, you get three responses. Now you got three more like minded people on your team. So I love <laughs> social media. Yeah, no, it's it's really it's powerful. There's a term called parasocial phenomenon, which is people feel like they know you, but you don't know them, which obviously like the Kardashians are masters of and people playing the celebrity game at the highest level are are really incredible at, but Instagram and TikTok has taken all of that to the next dimension. But as you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of people that are not super famous, but they're, you know, incredible people, they're building incredible things and they're available and reachable. So it's amazing. They are. I mean, honestly, some of my favorite people don't have a hundred thousand followers. Honestly, some of my favorite people that I love, you know, have like 4,000, 10,000. They just don't care about social media as much and they're easily accessible because they don't have 10,000 DMs in their box. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that have consciously chosen to not play the fame game. Um, Mm -hmm. I would put myself in that, in that bucket. It's just, I'd rather my work, which is obviously Boptimizer's Utopia, the products, the businesses that we're building kind of speak for itself and probably a bit of a detriment, honestly, from a pure business perspective. But, uh, and I've helped a lot of people build significant social media followings up to, to millions. And those people have a very strong dopamine loop with, the validation that's produced in social media, whether it's the comments, the likes, the shares, the feedback, like it really feeds them. And if, if people don't have that, I would typically recommend like there's better ways to build a business. So yeah, it's, uh, I've seen the dark side of people. Like I was business partner with a guy that had a couple million YouTube followings and you know, we went on tour and people were literally chasing us down while he was Snapchatting, people were figuring out where he was and 
showing up there and it, it freaked him out. And then he pulled out of mm-hmm. social media for a year. And you know what I mean? Like there, there's some real consequences to, to hitting a certain tier of, of fame and success on social. So yeah, be, be careful yeah. what you choose. I don't think that that's my goal. And I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm even cool enough to have 2 million <laughs> followers, but um, I do like, it lights me up when I do find somebody that I can connect with, have yeah. a podcast with, or we just share like ideas and I love having those type of conversations. So I don't know. I think it's a great tool. I can imagine there is a dark side if everyone knows who you are when you're walking down the street. I mean, if you're not prepared for that, that can be a bit much for sure. Well, um, cool, man. I love actually having you back because now I don't really, I don't care. If anyone wants to hear the the Buy Optimizer's backstory, I have an older episode. So we'll kind of skip all of that. And we're going to focus on sleep today because very few people know as much about sleep, has spent as much money as you trying to hack sleep. So I want you to kind of tell us about your little experiment where you were gradually decreasing sleep over time and what the physiological effects effects were from that. Yeah, the backstory on that was I was in my 20s, workaholic, like productivity-aholic was really more accurate because I had a friend of mine and we were kind of competing on who could be more productive. So we were like tracking how many hours a week were we productive? So that was just beyond work. And our goal was like a hundred plus hours. So I was a trainer at the gym uh, and I was working for the gym. Plus I had my own business. So that was 80 hours. I was training twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. I was recording a hard rock album. I'm a musician. We had a band and I was learning marketing and I was married. Okay. So <laughs> a lot, it's a lot of, it's a lot of things. And I was like, man, I don't have time to sleep and thinking that the body would adapt, you know, and of course, if you lift weights or do exercise, you really learn experientially the power of adaptation, right? You have a stimuli and your body gets better, your body gets stronger. And I thought it would be the same thing with sleep. I was mistaken. So I started (laughs) reducing my sleep like 15 minutes every five to seven days. Yeah, felt good in the sixes. And then in the five-hour range, like five to six-hour range, it was really interesting because everything had to be hyper-optimized. And there's one really good habit that I picked up from that, which was I had to drink water like every three to five minutes, like just a gulp or two, and just keep myself hyper-hydrated. If I was dehydrated a, a fraction, a minor amount, I would crash. Also, food-wise, if I ate anything, and I was keto, but if I ate anything that was not hyper-optimal for me, I'd crash. So it was a really interesting experiment from that perspective. And then when I got to the four-hour range zone, I crashed. Like That was it. And then I read Power Sleep by James Moss. There There was a lot of sleep literature back then. That book was one of the few books on sleep read that. And then I was convinced that I needed eight to nine hours. It took me two months to recover from that. Like I was sleeping nine, 10 hours a night for like two months. And then fast forward 10 years later, sleep tracking devices have started to come out. The first one that was commercially available was called the Zio, which to be frank, was better than even an Oura Ring is or any of these Fitbits, Whoops, et cetera, because it was a headband that was measuring EEGs. We can get mm-hmm. into sleep tracking later, but it's the only way you can get accurate sleep data is you need an EEG monitor on your head. Got that, got the Oura Ring, and I was getting only zero to 15 minutes of deep sleep a night. 
my testosterone was the lowest ever. I'd been trying to optimize my testosterone for many years. It just kept getting worse. Body fat was the highest reading ever on, on a DEXA scan. And I just had that eureka moment that the number one thing I can do is to invest in my sleep. And it was kind of that, that realization that it wasn't just about sleep quantity. It was really more about sleep quality. So I spent about 45 grand on everything and anything that I thought might improve my sleep. And a lot of things have. And yes, yeah, it's been one of the best investments I've ever made. Like I would sell our cars. I would sell like everything <laughs> um, pretty much before I would sell my sleep setup at this point. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm a sleep Madonna as well. You know, I just, I have to have so many different things. I probably look like an insane person, not to you, but to the average person. I guess for people who aren't super deep in the weeds on sleep, why don't you just tell people like why just getting good quality sleep is actually important in general? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk about the long term first. And obviously, long term, you're going to die earlier. I mean, if you look at the literature on, Mortality and sleep, there's two groups that have shorter lives. One of them is the people that don't sleep enough and like six hours or less is really the threshold. And then there's people that sleep too much. And I think that's because the people that tend to sleep too much are not healthy. So it's a very different reason. So I think people that are sleeping six hours or less, they're just compromising their health. And then people that are sleeping 10 plus hours. And I had a friend like that and he passed away in his 40s from a brain tumor. He, he was sleep, you know, like 10, 11, 12 hours a day. And those people are kind of trapped in the parasympathetic zone. Like there, there's something, there's an underlying health condition that typically is just causing their bodies to want to sleep that much. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have adapted to sleeping less than six hours. And Matthew Walker, who wrote one of the best books on sleep, you know, Rogan asked him about that. And he said, like, there's no one that's not getting compromised from not sleeping enough. But that's the long-term stuff. Let's focus on the short-term consequences because most people think short-term. First, there's DNA damage, like from one bad night of sleep, hippocampus damage, which means that your short-term memories will be compromised. I had dinner recently with a good friend of mine. He was in the in the Navy and had some brain injuries. And I, I asked him, man, like, how are you doing? He's like, my short-term memory is absolutely gone. Of course, my next question is, how much are you sleeping? He says, I'm struggling to sleep three, four hours. So I knew, you know, that's the real driver of short-term memory loss for most people, for a lot of people. Then you have blood sugar gets severely compromised. I was talking with an endurance athlete, like an ultra endurance athlete very recently, and he showed me his CGM data. So constant glucose monitor for people that don't know, it's a device you put on your tricep that monitors your blood sugar response 24 hours a day. And he said, look at this day. My blood sugar looked like I was a pre-diabetic because I had one bad night of sleep. Now, this guy's a pro athlete. So literally one bad night of sleep, the next day his blood sugar levels shot up like he looked pre-diabetic. So ghrelin goes up 28%, which means that you're going to be a lot more hungry. So if you're on a diet, very difficult to stick with the diet. And if you're losing weight, the amount of muscle mass that you're going to lose is around 50 to, sorry, 40 to 50%. 
So that means that you're, you're burning lean tissue, which is obviously not a good thing. So the list goes on and on. I mean, that's literally from one bad night of sleep. So that's the interesting thing about sleep. Like, yeah, the consequences long-term are significant, but the consequences today are significant. And the main two things that are occurring during sleep is during growth, during deep sleep, which is typically front loaded. And there's a typically a couple of cycles, but the first phase, the first like really important phase of sleep, you're going to get a massive amount of growth hormone production, which is where there's a lot of fat loss, muscle building, anti-aging benefits. And then during REM sleep, especially the last like REM sleep cycle, there's a ton of testosterone production. There's memory consolidation, emotional processing occurring during REM sleep as well. So essentially, that's where all of your body's you know, rejuvenation, both physically and emotionally, is occurring. So if people are not getting enough sleep, the next day, they're compromised. You know, they're, they're not the best version of themselves. I totally agree. And I can remember when I, no matter what I did, when I had Lyme, I had so much inflammation that no matter how I hacked it, I would toss and turn and have back pain mm. and so much. And it would cause, I couldn't really, my body doesn't do well with keto. Like I've had my genetics mm. read. I wish keto loved me back. I always say <laughs> it. it's such the easiest diet and I get really lean really fast. But then a few weeks in, even if I carb cycle, I start having digestive issues and joint pain and you know, I had my genetics read and they just said, just, just don't do that. So, but then it was, it was, it was, um, it was hard because in that cycle of bad sleep and Lyme, all the inflammation, I was having a, so, so many blood sugar issues with that, mm. that I was compromised. So I had to like figure out how to get carbs in like once a day. And I still kind of follow that. Cause I like it. Like I'm kind of keto until dinner. And then I do all the mm. carbs at one time. And that, that seems to work pretty well for me where my digestion works smoothly, but I'm not really spiking my blood sugar all day. And I, I seen it when I couldn't sleep that well, the, the brain fog, I mean, I had Lyme, so I had brain fog anyways, but, um, just more brain fog with the bad sleep. And then more, I couldn't really have the carbs, but I had the cravings for them because my ghrelin and probably my hormones were so out of whack from the bad sleep even if I hacked it. So I, I really think it's important. I love all the things we're going to talk about today. And so why don't we get into like sleep timing? Are you still into chronotypes and uh, different time people should go to bed at different times? Or do you think going to bed earlier is optimal? I, I believe in chronotypes. I'm a big fan of the power of when, um, you know, is there genetics involved in chronotypes? I don't think they've been identified, but you know, ever ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to stay up. My parents struggled to get me to bed, and I think there's a couple of things that contribute to that. One of them is probably sensitivity to light, meaning that light, for some people, is far more of a stimulant than others. Of course, we'll get into light because it's one of the most important topics, but. Yeah, until I, I started to manage the light, I could stay up till three, four in the morning. Now, there's a very interesting thing about people's natural sleep cycles that few people talk about. And I think they talked about this in uh, Power Sleep. They were doing experiments where it was a complete blackout environment and they were following how long would people naturally sleep and trying to figure out how long people would naturally stay awake. So obviously the world operates on a 24-hour clock, but a lot of us are not 
we'll have, for an example, like for me, my natural clock's probably something like an 18-9, which would be a 27-hour day. And I, and I have some friends that live outside of time. They're, you know, they don't need to, to clock into a job. So they're, they're on similar cycles. You know, their days are like 30 hours or 32 hours, and they just don't care about 24-hour clocks. So that's an interesting phenomenon. Now, I'm married. I have a daughter. I have businesses. So I can't do that. But if I, <laughs> if I didn't have to, to operate within a 24-hour clock, I'd probably be following something like that. So I think that's part of it as well. Now, your clock can be shifted, and that's really important. And how do you shift it? You shift it with light. I tried being a morning person, like waking up at 5.30 and 6. And to be frank, even with all the hacks, it was just painful, like literally physiologically painful. Like Even after a few weeks, I'm like, what am I doing this? So I wake up at 8. I tend to go to you know, bed at 12 and sleep eight hours. And that works really well for me. So I think everybody has their, whether it's psychological or physiological, I think people have their preferences. And from an evolutionary biology perspective, I think it makes sense that you would have people that are naturally morning people and other people that are naturally the night crew. Because if, you know, if you're getting raided at 3 a.m. and everybody's fast asleep, then you're going to obviously have troubles. So I think there's some natural differences. Now, that's really critical because early is relative and early is critical. So for me, like early would be if I'm in bed by, let's say, 11.40, 11.30, that's early for me. For other people that are morning people, 9.30, 9.45 or 10.30, 10.45. So early is all relative to somebody's circadian clock. And that's really important. There's no magic early hour. You know, if people are naturally going to bed at 2 a.m., then for them, early would be maybe 11, 1.30 or something like that. However, if you're not in bed early, you will miss out on your growth hormone production. So that's a really, really important element. Because what will happen is like typically 30 to 45 minutes past your, your natural clock, you're going to get a second win, which means your body's going to produce cortisol. And I used to be addicted to that second win for a long, long time. Like, you know, it feels really good. Cortisol feels good. A lot of people <laughs> will naturally get hooked on cortisol. It's a very good feeling, you know, when you're, when you get that second sprint at 2, 3 a.m. I mean, you can, you can ride that for a while and it's fun, but very detrimental very detrimental to your sleep. Again, you're going to annihilate that growth hormone window and that's going to obviously compromise your, your health. So. Yeah. I think I heard you mention in another podcast when I was doing research that you can kind of know when your window is, when you start yawning, is that correct? Yeah. There's signals. So there, you know, our body has a lot of priming signals for food and for sleep. So for an example, you know, ghrelin is obviously the hunger hormone that starts one hour before your typical meal time. So if you're eating at 5 p.m., let's say every day, typically at four ish, you're going to start getting a ghrelin spike. And by the way, this is a quick like side note. The reason why intermittent fasting is so powerful is because you can essentially 
rewire that ghrelin spike. So for an example, let's say somebody's eating breakfast every day and then they stop eating breakfast. Well, after a few days, and typically I looked at the research is typically three, four days-ish. That ghrelin spike that would happen again an hour before breakfast, it goes away. So that's why people are, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm not hungry for breakfast. So it makes it really easy to manage calories or to, to manage the calorie window, which is a great, it's a great thing. I'm not advocating everybody does intermittent fasting, but it's the same thing with sleep. But there's a really important piece to this, which is that there's, there's levels of strength of a circadian clock, meaning that let's say like I'm, I'm going to Europe this summer, right? In, in May, I'm going to be going to Europe. My circadian clock is going to be completely compromised. So am I going to be yawning one hour before my target bedtime? No, I'm going to have to wire a new clock in in order to do that. And that's where if A, you're not consistent with getting light into your eyes in the morning, and B, if you're not consistent with going to bed at the same time every day, then are you going to get that yawning and that preparation that your body naturally does? Not so much. So you'll notice that if you're consistent with your bedtime and you're consistent with getting a light to your eyes in the morning, that after a few days, you're going to start naturally feeling tired. And the light in the morning is so crucial. Again, kudos to Andrew Huberman for really hammering that home and really driving home all of the data and the research on that. What it does, it essentially kickstarts a timer in your brain and you're going to feel more tired 14 to 16 hours later after getting the light into your eyes. So here's, here's my strategy for an example when I travel. Here's how I'm going to annihilate jet lag in one to two days if, if at all. So one is obviously you're going to start planning a little bit ahead of time and you got to figure out, okay, on the plane overseas – do I want to sleep on this plane? So ideally, if I'm in the air at the same time that I'm going to be sleeping in, in Europe, then okay, yes, let's sleep on the plane. Or am I going to try to stay up and try to stay awake for like 24 or 30 hours? So that's a very important decision you need to make before you get on the plane. Using melatonin, we'll get into sleep supplements, but melatonin when you're traveling more than three time zones is a good idea in my opinion. And it's a good idea for about two days. I've noticed that like on the third day, it just, you don't feel good. And we can get into why and all the consequences of overusing melatonin. I don't think it's a good idea, but two days is a great strategy. And then again, the most important thing is when you wake up, Lighting your eyes, that's going to start your circadian clock. Big breakfast and workout. So those three things, again, melatonin in the morning, wake up, sunlight, big breakfast, and workout, it's four things, is, is crucial. And if you do that for two days in a row, your circadian clock is going to start to get reprogrammed and rewired. But yes, um, once that's wired, you'll notice that you'll start yawning almost like a ghrelin response typically 30 to 45 minutes before your target bedtime. 
That's amazing. And uh, I even was just was thinking about I'm going two time zones over to Costa Rica next mm-hmm. week. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get up really early. And I'm just like, was already figuring out that whole shift with my wife. Like, how are we going to shift this real quick? Do some grounding, get the light, you know, do everything we can figure out the food. So that's like a whole different level. Most people traveling. Um, what about um, kind of like sleep environment? So what what are the simplest things that people can do? The easiest ones that we'll get into some more expensive stuff in a minute. But what are like the cheap, easy hacks people can do to shift their sleep environment? Yeah, light and darkness, probably the cheapest thing, right? Sunlight's still mm-hmm. free. Um, so again, wake up within 30 minutes, ideally go outside. Obviously for all my Canadian brethren, and I left Canada like 19 years ago because I didn't like crazy cold. But it's very difficult to <laughs> to open the door when it's minus 30 and go get some light. Um, you can get blue light panels. So my recommendation for people that during the winter it's very difficult to go outside is get some panels. I used to use Retimer, which is these $400 Australian glasses that literally just blast your eyes with blue light. That worked incredibly well, but you don't need $400 glasses. Like, you know, you get panels, you can get really powerful blue light panels for maybe a hundred bucks-ish. So that's a really powerful thing. And again, you can be just doing, you know, go in the bathroom, turn on the panels. Like you just want as much light as possible, open the curtains, turn on all the lights. Like that's where light's a really good thing. And then typically two hours before your target bedtime and having a target bedtime is a really critical concept. And we, I want to get deeper into that because most people don't have one. They go to bed when they're tired or when they're done binging a show or whenever. Right. <laughs> and I've been that guy and I understand but two hours before your target bedtime, turn off all the lights. Or I've heard a lot of great tips as, such as using salt lamps. Some people like using red light bulbs. Some people like using blue light blocking glasses, which I did for a few years. So all of those are viable options, but you need to manage lumens. You need to make sure you're trying to diminish the amount of light that's going into your eyes one way or another. So again, that's relatively free. The other thing that I recommend is, again, two hours before you target bedtime, turn on the AC. Like I, I turn on, I want to walk into my bedroom and it's an ice box. And let's talk about ideal temperature for your bedroom. You want to be 16 to 18 degrees Celsius, which is around 65 to 69-ish Fahrenheit. The Temperature is critical, especially for your deep sleep cycle. So a lot of people will will tell me, Matt, I'm not getting a lot of deep sleep. And I'll ask them about temperature or using a chili pad, how cold's your room? And typically they're not managing that properly. So to, to truly optimize deep sleep, you really need like a colder than you think temperature. You want your head to be one degree cooler than your body. That's been shown many times in literature. And again, that means you need a really cold room and you still need to be cold underneath the sheets. And, you know, back to when I was only getting zero to 15 minutes of deep sleep a night, one of the main things that was annihilating my sleep quality was temperature. I was sweating so much during the night. Again, keep in mind, I live in Panama, but I was living in, I was sleeping in a air conditioned room, but I was sweating so much and my body was trapping the heat between my skin and the mattress. 
So the Chili Pad has been a game changer. They released their third version. Again, I'm a big fan of it. It's it's an amazing technology. It allows you to control the temperature underneath the bed sheets. And again, you want that to be quite cool. And now with the newer version, you can also control the temperature later in your sleep journey and, and during your REM sleep, especially before you wake up, it's a good idea to start bumping that up a little bit. You'll actually wake, it'll improve your REM and you'll wake up feeling more refreshed. So there's a more sophisticated versions of temperature control tech that's out there, which is awesome. But I would say darkness, and let's talk about darkness in the bedroom. You want it to be absolutely pitch black, absolutely pitch black. And for a long time, back to when I was getting nine hours of sleep and zero to 15 minutes of deep sleep, the other thing that was destroying my sleep was, of course, I had curtains, but I live in the city and I was still getting a bunch of light pollution uh, over and above and on the sides. And I was wearing a sleep mask. Now, the sleep mask is problematic for a couple of reasons. One is we just mentioned that you want your head to be one degree cooler than your body. A sleep mask will increase the temperature of your head. You're trapping heat on your face. And a lot of people just, they don't, they're not comfortable. I mean, my, I will naturally pull off the sleep mask while I'm sleeping unconsciously because my, my body's just like, get rid of that. And the other issue is your skin has photoreceptors. And in, in, they did experiments where they showed or they shine light on people's skin while they were sleeping and it disrupted their natural melatonin production. So a sleep mask is not that effective. Now, in certain situations where you can't manage the darkness, in again, it's, is it better than nothing? Probably, but is it optimal? Absolutely not. So those those are probably the simplest, cheapest things. So just to recap, light in the morning, darkness two hours before bed, pitch black in your bedroom, really cold bedroom, and if you can afford it, get a chili pad or a sleep aid and manage the temperature underneath the mattress. Those are amazing tips. And I also know you like the Myasentia uh, mattress and I have one of those. I had to actually throw away my Uller when I had the mold and I haven't replaced it yet. I am going to, I am going to get one probably here after I get back from Costa Rica. But I noticed that if I keep the temperature down, I have the Myasentia mattress, which I'll have you explain why that mattress is amazing as well. I, cannot live without the Maya Center mattress. I can't speak highly. I want to have them on the show actually. Yeah. Um, and then um, I actually, I like the weighted blankets, but then they would trap some heat sometimes. And I got this uh, Baloo that Dave Asprey recommended because also them, the weighted, the weighted uh, blankets were usually like one person. So that kind of would interrupt, you know, trying to cuddle with my, like we used to have separate weighted blankets, mm. but I'm like, that's not really cohesive for a marriage, right? Like we want to cuddle, mm-hmm. we want to, you know, fool around, you know, whatever you want to do, even if it's just cuddle, you want to touch mm-hmm. each other, right? After a long day. So then I seen Dave Asprey recommend that Baloo. And I noticed with a, with a cool temperature in the room from the AC, the Myasentia keeps your temperature a little bit cooler than a normal mattress would because of the mm-hmm. fabrics. And then that Baloo is a weighted blanket, but it's breathable. I actually can get really, really cold environment without the Uller. But mm-hmm. I will. I want to see once I tap back in with the Uller if it's even better. I'm sure it will be. But that is another little hack if people, you know, get a breathable weighted blanket, get, you know, better fabrics on the bed, keep the temperature cold. And, you know, I can't keep it any colder than what I do because my wife will complain. But that's another <laughs> little hack. 
Yeah. So Jack, who's the founder, uh, CEO of Essentia, my Essentia, Essentia Mattress. You know, he's an amazing guy and he built, in my opinion, the absolute best mattress. It's a Canadian company. And rewinding back to when I had that eureka moment, I'm like, okay, I got to invest in the best sleep setup humanly possible. I spent six months looking at mattresses. I knew that A, spring-loaded mattresses were not the answer. And, you know, a lot of people were talking about, yeah, they can essentially capture EMF frequencies, which at the time I'm like, well, okay, maybe. Um, and I didn't understand there's another major disruptor of sleep, which is pressure points. So I look as I got into sleep research and looked at all the things that disrupt sleep. We just talked about light, we just talked about temperature, but there's another major one, which is pressure points. So what do I mean by pressure points? So what will occur while you're sleeping is, let's say you're a size sleeper, because this is very relevant for size sleepers, especially. Obviously, if you're a man and you work out and you have or genetically you have wide shoulders your shoulder is going to be pressing into the mattress. Or if you're a woman with wider hips or larger legs, same thing, right? Your, your hips and your legs are going to be pressing against the mattress far more than the rest of your body. And what occurs is there's going to be blood flow constriction in those areas because, again, you have more pressure. It's kind of like when you're, you know, you put your arm in the wrong position and your, your arm starts to fall asleep. But while you're sleeping, your body will naturally toss and turn as soon as it starts to sense blood flow constriction. It's obviously a natural self-defense mechanism. This is happening without any conscious awareness. And obviously, every time you're tossing and turning, it's disrupting your sleep, right? It's going to pull you out of these deeper stages of sleep. It's going to prevent you from getting into these deeper stages of sleep. So when I realized that, then the next light bulb moment was, well, yeah, you need a memory foam mattress. It's the only way to evenly spread out pressure. You know, you need something where you can sink into and the perfect mattress would be you have the same amount of pressure per square inch from your head down to your toes. So as I looked at all the memory foam options, I'm not going to name brands, but the better known brands have a massive amount of off-gassing occurring and it'll off-gas for about six to 12 months. And I'm going to share a, a personal client story. We don't do a lot of, of things, but this guy is, was worth working with. He's uh, a Hollywood legend. Let's just put it that way. Anyways, long story short, working with, with a good client, he moves into two new houses, built one in Bel Air, built one in Palm Desert, moves into the houses Obviously, everything's new. And he starts to get this massive histamine triggering. And we, we just can't figure it out because his diet's flawless, like everything's flawless. So we get, you know, he gets blood work done. His rubber levels are off the charts, which somehow triggered this histamine response, which took us like nine, 10 months to get rid of. It was brutal. Like he was just itching all the time. So anyways, long, the reason for that tangent is off-gassing is very real. And again, it was literally rubber that he was inhaling from all the new things in his home. So again, it's a really good idea. But yeah, Sentry is amazing. They use a tree sap for their mattress. 
The other thing that's amazing is they have all these different densities. So let's talk about selecting the perfect mattress for your body because that's critical, right? The Again, if you're shorter, heavier, and wider, you need a softer mattress. You need to sink in more so that the pressure is, again, more evenly distributed. If you're taller, lighter, or narrower, then you want a lighter mattress. So that's basically the rule. They have a custom-made one where your partner's side can be optimized to their body and you literally send them pictures and then you send pictures of your body and that'll be optimized. So that's the one I have. So literally, if I roll over to my wife's side, it feels completely different than my side, which is cool. And uh, (laughs) by the way, I don't know if you've tried, I don't know when you bought yours, but uh, they released a newer version and it just feels amazing. Like I had FOMO. I tried it at Dave (laughs) Asprey's event last year. And they've improved the the core material. It's cooler and it's hard to describe, but it it's like it just feels better. So they're always trying to innovate and improve their mattresses. And yeah, the website's myessentia.com. I, I am unpaid. I'm just a huge super fan. And anytime anybody talks about mattresses, I just rave about it. Yeah, I actually heard uh, Ben Greenfield's show about the like updated mattress, and I was like, damn it. Now I want a new bed. And I just bought this one two years ago. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, with a lot of these technologies, they're ever changing for sure. So the mattress makes a lot of sense. Are you into weighted blankets? Is that a thing I for am. you? I mean, again, as a Canadian kid, like I always used to love sleeping during the winter. And the reason was the room was so super cold. You know, my father, and he still cuts his own wood so literally my father still goes in the wood, cuts the trees, uses a tractor, obviously, to bring the trees to the house, cuts it with an axe and burns wood. So, But you burn wood and then typically two or three hours later, the wood's burnt, right? So the house would get very, very cold, you know, from like midnight to, to morning, which felt awesome. And in order to fight that, my, my mom would put five or six blankets on top of me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I used to love the feeling of a really, really cold room with five or six blankets thick. It was just an incredible sleep experience. So that's what I'm essentially recreated. My favorite brand for weighted blankets, because I've bought a few, is uh, my Sunday Citizen. They have one with these quartz crystals that just feels amazing. And yeah, it's a really good weighted blanket. So again, like I'm, I'm all about... Really cold room, chili pad underneath, Essentia mattress, and then my citizen on top, uh, Sunday citizen on top. It's it's a great like it just feels like I'm in a cloud and I'm cuddled and I'm just it just feels great, you know. The weighted blankets they do they I I always thought like you know what's up with this thing and then I bought the the original one I bought the gravity blanket you know it was like three hundred bucks for like a single person one or whatever or maybe four hundred I can't remember. And I was like, wow, you really do just feel like you're getting a big old hug. And then once I bought the My Essentia and then had the weighted blanket on top, I'm like, I I could never go back. I just really couldn't. Although I didn't like the pillows that My Essentia sent. Mm -hmm. They were kind of too stiff, like they amazing material, but my neck was kinked. So I actually bought this pillow. I don't even know the brand. I have a really amazing chiropractor who she sells them at her uh, clinic. And we're obsessed with those as well. They kind of keep the neck like an alignment, right? It's like a thinner pillow. Do you, are you into like a thinner pillow? 
Yeah. So again, when I bought the mattress, I, I bought all of my Sencha's pillows and they have, so they've got the one that's got a similar material as their mattress. Didn't like that one. Similar feedback as you just gave, but they have another one that's really, really thin. And that's mm. the one that I use because again, you really, the, the other thing you want while you're sleeping ergonomically is you want your neck to be in a straight line right down to your feet, right? Especially down to your pelvis. So the perfect sleep position, first of all, is to sleep on your back. But I can't do it, okay? I, I've tried and I just start meditating and just going. <laughs> I, I'll just go to a different place, okay? Um, so, but anybody that's a back sleeper, congratulations. The best position for your spine. Ask any chiropractor, they'll tell you that. It's, it's got all kinds of good benefits. And also back to kind of the, the pressure point issue, you're obviously spreading out your body in a bigger area. So you don't have as many pressure point problems on, as a back sleeper. But if you're a side sleeper, one of the strategies is I take the weighted blanket. I was told this by a nurse of my, one of my friend's mom was a nurse when I was a teenager. And she told us that she said like the best position is you want to be on your side and then put a pillow or a really thick blanket in between your knees. Obviously, they don't understand why that time, but essentially it's straightening out your pelvis and your knees so that you're not tilting your pelvis all night long. The other strategy is I have a huge feather pillow that I'm hugging as I'm on my side. Why? Because I don't want the shoulder, and I've had shoulder issues that can reflare up if I don't, if I don't do this, um, because you're, you're, you're basically your body, your shoulders curling in all night long, just from the gravity, pulling it down. So ideally you've got this pillow as you, as you're on your side that you're hugging just to keep this shoulder up. And then I put the weighted blanket in between my knees. So that helps to optimize my posture for my shoulder and for my knees and pelvis. So that's, that's what I do. And it's what I'd recommend if you're a size sleeper. Interesting. I heard you talk about that and I wanted to actually touch on that. So the pillow that you're hugging is actually for your top shoulder is what you're Correct. saying. Not, not the one that's touching the mattress. So I was thinking differently, like it was going to shift me in a different position for my shoulder that I'm actually laying on. So, but you mean for this shoulder up mm -hmm. here, you want a big pillow. Correct. Okay. Now I'm going to try that tonight. Cause I got to, I'll probably hug one of the my essential pillows that I don't use anymore. Spit 300 bucks on it or whatever. So, so uh, well I've hug. tried different pillows. You really want like a big rounded pillow so that your arm can just kind of naturally lay on top and it's going to okay. take your cloud experience. Cause I, 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 I can tell you're already kind of in the cloud with the essential and the weighted blanket mm -hmm. by hugging the pillow. It's going to take the cloud experience to the next level. So yeah, just get a really good, like a monster size kind of feather pillow that you can just really kind of wrap your arm and, and let it rest naturally and it's not going to cave in. Mm, amazing. I got one last little tip I want to touch on before we uh, dive into a couple technologies is you put me up on the max earplugs. Are you still using those and what's your experience with the earplugs? Yeah. So let's talk about earplugs. First of all, the earplugs do two really powerful things. Obviously, one is that they're reducing the ambient noise around you, which is great. But the second thing, which might be even more powerful, is it creates this really deep connection to your breath. And there's something hypnotic. And obviously, when people you know learn meditation, they'll start paying attention to their breaths. 
And if as soon as you put on earplugs, you just start paying attention to your breath. You can't stop it, right? You, you're listening and hearing almost every breath you're making, which I think really helps people fall asleep as well. And obviously with the typical earplugs, you put them in your ear canal and, you know, you can wake up in the morning and you've driven a bunch of wax in and you can't hear and it's just problematic. But yeah, the Max, I, I, I still think it's the best ones. Kind of like a a wax that you put on top of the ear canal and it basically prevents ambient noise and it does a great job. I'm a huge fan of it. Always have it in my backpack. Um, I don't use them at home because I don't need to because I've got the AC, I've got the chili pad, and I've got an air purifier. So with the three of those from an ambient noise perspective, I'm just surrounded in, in white noise. And there's white noise machines, there's pink noise machines. Some people say pink noise is better. Uh, I haven't played around with those pink noise machines, but you know, play around. I mean, you obviously don't want to be hearing street traffic or things like that. So whether you're going to rely on ambient noise machines or AC or chili pads or whatever, or max, you need a solution that's just basically drowning that out. So yeah, I'm a fan. Um, and again, sometimes you you go to a hotel or whatever, and it's a noisy environment, you don't have as much white noise. So that's, that's when I'll t- typically use those. Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. We're here in Tampa and we live in the city and sometimes I hear my damn cats. I know you have cats. They like to wrestle around every once in a while. So they'll wake me up and then there's a railroad not too far away. I might hear that. And uh, just like city people being city people staying up till three in the morning. So I just tend to sleep better with the earplugs. So I definitely want to touch on that. So let's get into some of your favorite technologies. Which ones have you liked and not liked? I know you've tried experimented with quite a few. Yeah, a lot of it did not work, uh, which is, you know, all part of the experimentation, right? I mean, if if 20% of your experiments work, you're winning huge, you know, because those experiments will obviously carry you forward for the rest of your life and the ones that didn't work just become forgotten. So, yeah, we talked about, again, probably the most um, powerful investment and the most beneficial was the mattress. So that's not really technology, but certainly... Uh, that and the chili pad and the blackout curtains. Blackout curtains are very inexpensive. Just go to Amazon and type those in. So yeah, let's start with stuff that did not work. Um, I spent a lot of money on PEMF devices. I'm a big fan of PEMF devices, but for sleep, and I've talked to a lot of sleep experts and we've all pretty much agree that it's not a good idea for sleep. So Starting with the Beamer, so I'm a big fan of the Beamer. It's a great device for blood flow. Um, like when I tore my Achilles and got reconstructive surgery, it was amazing. I mean, I would put the the Beamer belt around it and then turn it on. I would feel the blood just rushing through. Like I have no doubt that machine works for blood flow. It's it's an amazing tech, and 
you know, it's a great tech to use like a middle of the day, go take a nap on it, just kind of stimulate some mitochondria, get some blood flow happening. But for sleep, I tried your sleep programs. It absolutely destroyed me. It wiped me out. Then there was the ERT pulse. So the ERT pulse are these, these really, really powerful magnets, you know, there's two, two magnets and they've got all these different programs. I remember the first night I tried the Earth Pulse, it destroyed me. I mean, I woke up the next day, um, felt worse probably than if I had done an all-nighter. It was just just horrible. But I kept playing around with it, and there was two settings. There was like a – there was two settings that worked, and it worked to a certain degree. But again, it seems like with PMF devices that if your body is in a really, 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 really good zone, that it can maybe enhance it. But if you're not, it will actually make sleep worse. And I tried a bunch of other ones. The one that I would recommend, um, it was called the Delta Sleeper. So the Delta Sleeper is this little device that you stick onto your brachial nerve and you push a button and it'll stimulate some delta frequency pulses for about 15 minutes and then auto shuts off. So for people especially that maybe struggle to fall asleep, it seemed to be like a good device or if people woke up and they wanted to go back to bed, good for that. But in general, I do not recommend PMF devices. And probably the most heartbreaking was, I, I read this research from DARPA that showed that the military was doing this research on people and monitoring their brain waves. And as soon as they would hit Delta again, stage four sleep, that's where all the, the magic happens from a growth hormone perspective. They would pulse these Delta waves that would increase the amplitude of their Delta waves even further. So essentially they're, they're using entrainment to increase the intensity of the Delta wave sleep. And what they found was better learning which makes sense because again, there's, there's a lot of learning that's occurring or l- learning is crystallizing or as my, my old self-defense teacher used to say, gelling while you're sleeping. So they found it really helped. So two companies came out with some headsets that use that technology. One was called Dream, D-R-E-E-M, and their first version had that technology. And then Philips came out with one as well using kind of an audio version. and Again, some days it would work and you would wake up feeling like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm like at a, another level and other days I just felt wiped out. So yeah, I just never found any PMF device that would consistently improve sleep. It was always like maybe it worked like 30 to 50% of the time and the other half was just bad. Things that worked, the Nano-V. Um, so the Nano-V... If you run it for about 75 to 90 minutes, and well, their newer version, really, I would say 60 to 90 minutes, okay, they, they've improved their technology and it's stronger now. What will happen is you'll feel your nervous system shift over. So anything that you can do, and this is, you know, just to prime some of the sleep molecule stuff, anything you can do that will shift your nervous system from sympathetic to parasympathetic will improve your sleep. Anything you can do to slow your brain waves down from beta down to alpha or theta will improve your sleep. Anything you can do to slow down your heart rate 
will improve your sleep. So those are just fundamental strategies and principles that you want to try to implement to improve your sleep. And the Nano V will help shift your nervous system. A lot of people like the new calm. I haven't, I don't own that device, but a lot of people swear by it. My point is like any tech you can use prior to sleep, and this is where some PMF devices make sense, will improve your sleep. So again, if you can just use a technology to just slow down your nervous system or shift it over is a great idea. The Nano V does that, but you got to run it long enough. Like a typical Nano V session is 20, 30 minutes. You're not going to get the nervous system shift, but if you run it longer, if you run it long enough, you're going to feel like, whoa, my nervous system, you feel it, right? You feel that shift. So that's a really good one. There's a device out of Australia called Elanra. Very few people know about this, and I discovered this. How do you spell that? E-L-A-N-R-A. Okay. So it's a air ionization device. Now, ionization to me in general <laughs> falls in, in the woo bucket, okay? There's a lot of people claiming ionization, but you know, sh- show me the data. This device, I took an ORP meter. Okay, when the ORP meter is a oxidative reduction potential meter, and it's used a lot in 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 the marine world to measure how oxidative something is, how oxidative is a liquid or a water, or etc. And I started using the ORP meter when I I bought water ionization devices. And for an example, like with the the Kongen machine, which is a Japanese water technology. And it's not about the pH, forget the pH shift. The magic in that machine is the microclustering of the water molecules, meaning that the water molecules are smaller, which means you absorb it better. And the other magic is the hydrogen. And the other magic is the antioxidative potential of the water. And it'll shift water from being an, o- an oxidant to an antioxidant. And you can measure that with that ORP device. Anyways, a little bit of a tangent there. But if you take an ORP meter and you put it in front of one of those needles in a, in a Lonra machine, it in mine anyways, is measured as high as minus 1,500 to put that in, into, into context. The strongest water, uh, the strongest antioxidative water I've ever measured was like minus 500. Okay, So it's three times stronger than that. And essentially, you're breathing in these hypercharged oxygen molecules. And they even have a frequency uh, adjusting element to it where you can shift the frequency that the molecules are charged at. It's a relatively affordable device. It's, I think, 12 to 1500 and has, you know, they've got a couple of versions, but I mean, it's, it's powerful. And again, when I bought it, it was not a lot of literature on this, but if you start Googling, ionization, health benefits, health research, you'll see that there is actually more and more research being done and it's very promising. So you can put that into your bedroom while you're sleeping and you just tend to feel a little more recharged the next day. I I, I like, I like having that next to my bed while I'm sleeping. And in general, anything you can do to improve your air environment, obviously using, if you're in the city, use a air cleaning machine like a Jasper 
It's a Jasper without the E-G-A-S-P-R. Great air cleaning device. Um, you know, it, it, you want to make sure you're sleeping in a really good, clean air environment. And if you can, you know, obviously you want as much oxygen as possible. Uh, you don't want to be pumping out like with an oxygen tank while you're sleeping. And that's where I think people that are living in the countryside, like the perfect air environment would be countryside or near the ocean with the windows open and somehow making sure your bedroom's cold enough. So you're getting oxygen off the water, oxygen from the environment, where in the city, I wouldn't, I would never sleep with my windows open, right? Too much pollution and obviously too much noise. So that's one advantage people have that are living outside the cities. But yeah, make sure you got a good air cleaning device. Um, other tech that I've used is Faraday cage. Not really a tech, but a Faraday cage is typically made out of a silver. Like mine is made out of silver. It's about two grand. Looks like a mosquito net. And to be frank, I didn't see any difference. I do think that EMF, if it's really, really close and really strong, will impact your sleep. And with the Aura Ring, I tried you know, sleeping with airplane mode and off kind of as an experiment. And I noticed that if I didn't have airplane mode on, that it impacted my sleep. The thing is about all these technologies like, you know, an aura ring or a Wi-Fi unit, it all depends on how close you are. So same thing with red light technology as well. Like you want to be very, very close to a red light, for an example, for it to really make sure for it to impact your body and have all the benefits. Like if you're six feet away from a red light, it's not going to really do much. It's the same thing with a Wi-Fi unit. If you have a Wi-Fi unit in the other bedroom or the other room, and like I live in a penthouse, we have four floors and it's cement walls. So, you know, the Wi-Fi strength by the time it hits my bed is is almost is very very negligible. So my point is with EMF, some people are really paranoid about it. Um, maybe some people are more sensitive to it, and I do think that proximity really matters. And again, if you're living in a cement house or a cement apartment, then I mean, it, it absolutely diminishes the strength of those signals significantly. So I never really noticed a big boost from the Faraday cage, um, to be frank. But again, I don't have a Wi-Fi unit in my bedroom. I, I'm, everything's on airplane mode. So I make sure to minimize the, the impact. And then, yeah, the rest of the money, the rest of the 45 grand was spent on sleep molecules, which we can get into. But that's, that's about it on tech. Cool. Thank you. And I want to, but I am going to use the rest of the time to talk about the sleep molecules, but I do want to circle back and I am actually obsessed with the new calm. Um, I've been using it for probably about a year and I am actually amazed about the, how efficacious it is, efficacious it is every single use. Like I thought it would be something that you would get used to mm -hmm. and you just don't. And it's not really, I don't know it's not really for me looked at for sleep. It's kind of more like if I've been grinding a little too hard and I need a nap, that's where I can, even if I like, it's, it's really cool. Like there's like the moments, you know, where you're a little tired, but you're a little wired and you're like, mm -hmm. if I laid down, I probably wouldn't fall asleep. But if I just slap the new calm on, it's a sure shot that I'm going to 
zonk out for the 20 to 40 minutes that I have, however long I have, they have like a 20 minute power nap session, or you can go all the way up to like 70 or 90 minutes or something if you really want to get it. And it works every single time. And if I do use it regularly, I actually need less sleep at night. So sometimes I wonder if I'm actually, because they say you can get like two to five hours of deep sleep in like a 20 to 40 minute session on this new calm. So I'm wondering if religiously using that, even if it's a quick 20 minutes, mm-hmm. what ends up, I notice that I wake up earlier and I'm like, okay, but I, I feel good. So I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I used that new calm yesterday. So I think mm-hmm. like it must make up for a lack of sleep and it works 100% of the time. I mean, even if you don't actually fall asleep, the feeling you get when you come out of the new calm is as if you did just sleep. So whether or not you actually fall asleep and take advantage of that part, which I usually do, it does do a pretty good job of knocking me out, mostly because I'm using it in a scenario where I, I already feel kind of tired anyways. I'm, if you're high energy, you're not like, let's go take a new calm. You're kind of using it when you're already like run down a little bit. And I mean, I you wake up from that. If you do a longer session, you can be a little groggy. But I mean, if you have some stuff to do and you just do the 20 minute one, I mean, there's no other 20 minute nap. And I even noticed um, I ran out of the disc one time and I goes, you know, what if I just use the the software without the disc? Because there's these little discs that you put on your wrist that actually go, are transdermal. And then you're using the eye mask and then the software. So I took a nap, a quick one without even using the disc, just the software and it was way more amazing than a normal nap would ever be. So the software alone is magic. And then if you, you do have the disc, then it really, it's, it's so amazing. Like I, I shit, want to shout it from a mountaintop that it, it literally is one of the best things that I, I have ever purchased. So that's my little rant on my favorite technology, not necessarily for sleep, but it does help you kind of make up for sleep. I feel like. You open up a rabbit hole. I think we should get into before we go to sleep molecules, which is really managing your nervous system. And I really, I've come to believe that when we talk about optimizing human performance and human experience, that managing our nervous system could be the most important thing. And I'll I'll share some new research that's come out of Microsoft to, to validate that. So let's just kind of cover the basics. I don't want to assume everybody knows what a nervous system is and how it works. We have two modes, essentially. We have a sympathetic mode. A lot of people know it as fight, flight, freeze. And it's really important to understand that these, our nervous system is not an on-off switch. It's a spectrum, meaning that there's levels of sympathetic activation. A level one, for an example, would be, yeah, you're slightly alert, right? You just kind of woke up in the morning and you know your body's kind of getting, your brain's going, getting going. And a 10 is there's a bear chasing you in the woods trying to eat you, okay? So that's the mm-hmm. spectrum on the sympathetic side. And on the parasympathetic side, that is known as rest and digest. And that's also a spectrum, right? Again, a plus or a minus. In my mind, the nervous system is like a, a minus 10, which would be you're in deep sleep. That's the ultimate parasympathetic experience. And then again, in the middle is your calm, but alert. And then a plus 10 is like, again, bears or sharks are chasing you. So what we want to do is throughout the day, we want to manage our nervous system experience. 
starting with, I, I believe the best way to wake up is to spend like the first at least 30 minutes in a parasympathetic state. A lot of people will wake up and kind of jolt themselves into a sympathetic state with an alarm, a cup of coffee right away, turning off their airplane mode on their phone right away, maybe, you know, hustling and cooking breakfast for their kids or driving to work. Like it's not a pleasant experience. I I really believe that you're going to have a much better day by kind of taking your time the first 30 to 60 minutes. You know, make that a parasympathetic experience. Wake up, you know, do some light therapy, meditate, go in the park, keep your phone on airplane mode. Don't drink coffee for two hours, which is a great, again, uh, Huberman tip, which is a whole other story. But again, save the sympathetic experience for when work starts, right? Soon as work starts, that's when you want, okay, it's it's go time. And of course, we have Nootopia, which has nootropics. And, you know, I'm all about timing the nootropics with my work experience. So, but... Let's talk about even within your day, because this is where a lot of people mess up. Microsoft just released some research like about two months ago that really hit home for me because I've made this mistake so many times, which is I just go, you know, I can go eight hours straight and literally not eat. I mean, obviously I go to the bathroom and that's about it, right? No breaks, no. And, and here's what occurs and it's experiential. What occurs is the beta brainwave activity in your brain just keeps getting higher and higher and not the good kind, okay? Yes, yes, you want some beta brainwave activity for when you're working and when you're talking and you're trying to solve problems, it's really good for that. But there's a band of beta brainwave activity that's highly associated with anxiety and you know, you're not feeling good. And essentially, it wears out your brain. And I've worn out my brain many, many times, okay, by this essentially just going nonstop, okay, just having one mode, which is go. And Microsoft showed that if you're not taking these 5, 10, 15-minute breaks throughout the day, you're going to wear yourself out. Your decision-making capabilities get compromised. You're basically burning out. And... You know, I've got a lot of strategies to kind of mitigate the burnout, but is my is my performance compromised? Is my emotional state compromised? It is. So all I need to do and all anybody needs to do is maybe once or twice or three times a day, take five to 15 minutes and essentially go do something parasympathetic. Use the new calm, right? New calm would be a great strategy. I personally go play with my daughter and oxytocin is naturally an anti-cortisol molecule. So it'll push down cortisol. So anything that increases oxytocin is great. Go hang out with your partner, hang out with your pets, hang out with your kids. Like all of those things will increase oxytocin. Go in nature, right? Nature will also reduce cortisol. Nature increases alpha brain waves, decreases beta brain waves you know, go meditate, like whatever works for you. I'm a big fan of non-sleep deep rest. So for me, non-sleep deep rest is superior to napping. I've never been a napper. What I've noticed with napping is that people that wake up quite early tend to be nappers. People like me that wake up at, you know, 7.30 to 9 o'clock tend to not nap 
we tend to be able to stay awake longer and not need naps. And people that tend to wake up earlier um, tend to need a nap or want a nap and go to bed earlier. So just, just some patterns I've noticed. But the point is, the message is, you want to make sure that at least once, and if not twice, if not three times, you're slotting in some parasympathetic activity in your day, whether it's using a new calm, non-sleep, deep rest, meditation, whatever. And you'll notice that you feel much better. You're not as worn out at the end of the day. And you know your experience and enjoyment of life goes up significantly. So managing my nervous system has really been a big, big game changer like the last year or two. Yeah, that's great points because I, if I don't use the new calm, I mean, I'm blessed because like you, I live in Florida, but I, I do a quick walk in the sun for sure, feet in the grass. There's a little mm-hmm. plot of land kind of like down the block. So those are like my two strategies or maybe sometimes just have a chat with my with my wife, you know, because we're kind of both on busy schedules. So if she's home, I'll just like chat with her for a minute or I do the new calm or a walk in the sun gives me so much energy. Like I'll actually a lot of times after I do a podcast, because sometimes I go two, three hours. I just, I'm like, I have to go outside. I'm like staring into the screen all day. And like, I need yeah. something to, ba- to balance out that blue light and everything hitting me. So those are definitely good tips. So I know we got a uh, running short on time, got about 20, 30 minutes left here or whatever. Um, let's get into these sleep molecules because you have made, I mean, you guys sent me over a free bottle. And I was just like, you know, I, I had already heard about it. My buddy Zach had already told me it was great. A couple other uh, people I respect were taking it. Ben Azadi, a couple people. And um, I was like, whatever, you know, she asked me what I wanted. I goes, I'll try the sleep breakthrough. I'll, I'll try some college genius, a couple things to send over. I was like, I've already tried most of the products anyways. And I was blown away by the taste, like, you know, what it did. I've been actually diving into like glycine and taurine lately. So that was like another, I was like, wow, those, I mean, I already always took glycine. Like I'm a huge, I probably take 15, 20 grams of glycine a day. That's another story. Um, Cause I eat a lot of red meat, but then um, the taurine piece I've been kind of, and I have a guy coming on next week. Who's like a big fan of taurine. So we're going to talk a lot about taurine, but let's cover the sleep breakthrough first and why you chose the molecules you did. Yeah, back to kind of that crash and burn, the second one where I was getting nine, 10 hours of sleep, but not getting sleep quality. Um, Yeah, the sleep molecules came into the picture. Obviously, we already had a couple of supplements out, and then I just became obsessed with sleep molecules. So I've been using sleep molecules for pretty much a decade and tried Virtually everything that's legally available and a couple things on the gray market as well, uh, <laughs> just to see you know what worked and what didn't work. And more importantly, to try to understand kind of the core mechanisms and pathways. So one of the things I think we do differently at Bob Optimizers and Utopia is like we're obs- as obsessed with understanding mechanisms and biopathways or neuropathways as we are with the molecules. And the thing that we spend a ton of time, energy, money on, on the R&D front is like, okay, what else can we add? And we, we literally have 20 full-time scientists now working in our lab to create revolutionary products. Like we're, we are just getting warmed up. Believe me when I say like the stuff that's coming out is is truly next gen. I mean, we've always pushed the boundaries, but now using laboratory testing, we can push it way further than ever before. 
But yeah, long story short, there's a few things that have universally worked very well. And we can talk about some genetic elements as well, because there, there are some genetic elements to sleep and to sleep molecules. So on the sleep part, and it's the last tangent, and then we'll get into the molecules, um, there's definitely some sleep genetics. So for an example, when I had my nutrigenomics done, and for anybody listening, I strongly recommend get some nutrigenomic tests done. It's, it's a life changer. You know, you start seeing things that you just can't see otherwise. And you can start to see things that might be problematic for you if you don't address them today. You know, putting your head in the sand with your genetics is not a smart strategy. You want to see all of your mutations and some of the mutations are going to be superpowers and some of the mutations could be major problems if you're not adjusting your life today. Okay. But with the sleep side, not surprisingly to me, because my father's always struggled with sleep. I have bad genes for sleep. Some people have phenomenal genes for sleep where you can put them, you know, in any environment and you look at their sleep data and they got two hours of deep, three hours of REM and, you know, they were sleeping in a party, right? doesn't matter. So definitely some sleep genetics that come into play. And there's also some genetics that come into play with, with some sleep molecules. But let's talk about some key ones. So one is magnesium, okay? Magnesium, and related to sleep, magnesium bisglycinate has the best data out there, okay? There's been some really good sleep data on magnesium bisglycinate. That's why we included that. And for the best sleep, and I've got some, some groundbreaking data that's come out, coming out of the bio lab that I'm going to share right now. We haven't really, I think it's the first time I've, I was sharing this or the second or third, but we, we tested red blood cell absorption of every single form of magnesium. And we tested, of course, magnesium breakthrough and magnesium breakthrough blew every other single form away and some of them was zero or very close to zero percent absorption bisglycinate was the best single form and magnesium breakthrough beat it by over 30 percent okay so 30 percent more red blood cell absorption with magnesium breakthrough compared to magnesium bisglycinate okay just a an interesting new data point and we're seeing something similar with intestinal cells so one of the new things we're doing in the lab now is cell culture testing. So we literally get these different types of cells and we got these, they're called HT29 cells and essentially is intestinal tract cells. And we're seeing that again, magnesium breakthroughs outperforming any single form in terms of absorption. And we, we knew that experientially, but now we have the hard data when we start publishing it, which is really exciting. So we'll debut there. But again, magnesium is, is really the best molecule for nervous system. We talked about shifting your nervous system into parasympathetic. I don't think anything beats magnesium for shifting over your nervous system, especially once your body has enough. So a lot of people are so deficient that it'll take like four to eight weeks of loading up on magnesium before they feel that magnesium shift. And once they feel it, you just kind of feel calm and zen all the time. 
And you know, my quick story on that was I was burnt out. I couldn't even drink a cup of coffee without feeling frazzled. I remember I, I asked Dave Ashburn, like, Dave, I can't drink coffee anymore. Like I drink coffee and I instantly feel kind of electrified and horrible and I just don't feel good. And I was burnt out, you know, probably my myelin sheet was worn out and I just couldn't, you know, any further activation of my nervous system just made me feel horrible. And then Charles Poliquin, Dr. Mercola, and another mentor of mine said, you need to load up on magnesium. And Mercola, sorry, uh, Poliquin mentioned, yeah, use multiple magnesiums. That was kind of the first clue. Started doing that. And then within like six weeks, I'm like, wow, I just feel like a different human being. And you know, that led to us creating Magnesium Breakthrough, which has been our best-selling product. So, you know, Magnesium Breakthrough, two caps, one hour before bed, game changer for tens of thousands of people around the world. But again, in Sleep Breakthrough, we included that. The other thing we're obsessed with, and again, very few people have done the research we're doing on cofactors. So what's a cofactor? A cofactor will help transform a molecule into another molecule. So when we say precursor, a precursor is a building block and a cofactor transforms that building block into something else. So what we spend a lot of time, energy, money on is, okay, what are the best precursors, the best building blocks, and then what are the best cofactors? And then we'll test and run hundreds of experiments on different cofactors to find which ones. And then we have a molecular docking expert that will literally use the most sophisticated software in the world. This is the software that pharmaceuticals will use to find all the potential molecules and the molecule pairings. So that's the level that we're at now. And with magnesium, so magnesium is a precursor to serotonin and serotonin is a precursor to melatonin. I am a huge believer that the best biological strategy is always to give your body the building blocks, give your body the precursors, and let your body produce the molecule itself versus taking an exogenous form of whatever. And for an example, like I was using injectable testosterone for several years, you know, TRT, uh, I used it for several years. I am off. And I feel incredible. Like now I'm using the strategy of, you know what? I'm going to give my body the precursors. I'm going to give my body the cofactors. And I'm going to optimize my own natural production. I've been doing that now for, for a while. And I feel amazing. So it's the same strategy with sleep. Yes, you can take melatonin. And, and let's get into the melatonin rant because I have a lot of, you know, somewhat counterintuitive or controversial opinions on it. I think it's a massive mistake to use mega doses of melatonin for sleep. And we'll get into the amount and when and all this stuff. But the brain naturally produces 10 to 80 micrograms of melatonin during sleep. It's a micro amount. If you take a half milligram dose of melatonin, which typically the smallest dose you'll find in a pill, that is still 500 micrograms of melatonin. That's 50 to 12 times the amount that your brain would naturally produce. It's, it's a mega dose. 
And of course, a lot of people will adapt to that. And then they start taking more and more and more. And a lot of people are up to 10 milligrams or some people are super mega dosages. Now, I'm not disputing the antioxidative benefits of melatonin. That's a whole other story. And a lot of people have used like 200 milligrams of melatonin. I've never done that. I've heard of people having health issues doing that. So I'm not advocating that on any level. And again, talk to your doctor. And if your doctor puts you on a crazy amount for a short period of time, then maybe. But for sleep, first of all, a lot of people, myself included, I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about it. I've heard Andrew Huberman talk about it. A lot of people have a genetic variant that if we use too much melatonin, our bodies will have a temperature spike two or three hours earlier than normal and cause us to wake up. Like if I take, let's say, half a milligram or a milligram of melatonin, I will wake up after five hours, five and a half hours, and that's it. Like I'll struggle to go back to bed. I typically don't wake up at all. So melatonin was never a good idea for me and for a lot of people that have that variant. What I've found, and again, we have a product called Dream Optimizer, and we built it for this reason. So so Mr. Newts, who's you know, one of our top formulators and my partner on the sleep molecule stuff. Um, we were playing around. He had a spray before and the spray, you know, was around 200 micrograms. If you did like four or five sprays, I used it. I'm like, you know, Mark, it, it kind of works, but I still think it's too much. And then we started reducing the amount per spray. So now we got it down to like 20 micrograms per spray. Like I used it last night. So Dream Optimizer, I'm using like every two days. And that product, okay, that product will optimize your dreams. That's why we call it Dream Optimizer. It'll optimize your REM. And it has California poppy seed and some other molecules. So the utility of Dream Optimizer, I don't know if you've used it, but you will notice more lucid dreaming, more vivid dreaming. And the other thing I'm noticing, and I want to get – more men's feedback, but I mean, the wood level, the erection <laughs> levels on Dream Optimizer is another level, like consistently. So I need more men data to, to validate that, but it makes sense because we are undoubtedly increasing REM, which that's where there's a lot of testosterone production. And I'm just noticing consistently that yeah, wood erection levels are another level on Dream Optimizer. But I don't recommend using it every day. So I'm going on an every two-day cycle on that. And one interesting pattern that I noticed, and I've been tracking my sleep now for a decade plus, is that it seems my that my at least my body, and again, I've never heard anybody talk about this, but it kind of makes sense, that your body will naturally either prefer and emphasize deep sleep or REM sleep. So again, deep sleep is more of a physiological recovery phase. So if I notice that if I train hard, do squats, do deadlifts, like push my nervous system from a physiological perspective, that my body wants more deep. It makes sense. Whereas if I do brain training, like we're about to do another brain training, it's going to be my eighth or ninth 
end of the month. And when I do brain training, my body wants more REM. And it makes sense because there's more memory processing, emotional consolidation, all those kind of brain intensive recovery elements tend to occur primarily during REM. So that's why I'm just kind of cycling between, okay, let me push my REM level up versus not and let my body kind of kind of optimize my deep sleep versus REM process naturally. And it's working really, really well. Obviously, if I'm traveling, I'm going to use Dream Optimizer. Again, for those days where I do need some melatonin, it's amazing. It's amazing if I'm watching the UFC like I did last Saturday and you're jacked up on adrenaline because you get an incredible knockout like Adesanya did on Pereira. Um, you know, those things will disrupt your sleep and the adrenaline response, the cortisol response from, from staying up and being excited can disrupt sleep. So I'll use Dream Optimizer when I'm kind of overstimmed and got that second wind that we mentioned earlier. So yeah, it's amazing. But the primary product that I've been using every night is called Sleep Breakthrough. So let's go through all the molecules and all the pathways. We talked about magnesium. Let's talk about P5P. P5P is a bioactive form of vitamin B6. It is an amazing molecule by itself, and it is absolutely an amazing cofactor. It will help transform more magnesium into serotonin, and then, again, the serotonin gets converted into melatonin. Now, very important for natural melatonin production, you have to manage darkness. If you're not managing darkness like we talked about earlier in the episode, your body will be compromised in its ability to produce melatonin naturally. So again, we talked about target bedtime and managing darkness two hours before again, manage darkness, start dimming lights, putting on blue light block glasses, lamps, salt lamps, whatever. An hour before your target bedtime is where you start feeding your body all of the sleep molecules. So two hours, sorry, again, an hour before, I recommend two caps of mag breakthrough and then one or two scoops of sleep breakthrough. We can talk about dosage in a second because there's definitely some variance there. But yeah, give your body mag, give your body some P5P. <clears throat> we talked about taurine. Taurine's awesome. Taurine's an amazing molecule as well. It's an amazing uh, amino acid. Another amazing um, amino acid is GABA. So GABA is the molecule of chill. And a lot of people that struggle with sleep are naturally GABA deficient. And if you look at the sleep research, you'll see that. So we tested, you know, every form of GABA available, like valerian root, for an example, very popular sleep molecule. That's a GABA molecule. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into all the GABA ones. There's some that are prescriptions, some are illegal, but GABA works very well for a lot of people. And what we found was that pharma GABA gave us the, the best lifespan. Like some, some GABA molecules just lasted way too long. And the next day you would wake up kind of feeling groggy. And that's because there's still some GABA in your system. And it's still, you know, how, your body hasn't processed it out. So we really spent a lot of time testing GABAs. And we found that pharma GABA had a really good half-life. Made by Mitsubishi, it is more expensive, but we we really like it. And by the way, it's very anabolic. Um, they have some really interesting kind of muscle building data if you combine it with whey protein. 
uh, it, it outperformed whey protein for muscle building. That's a whole other tangent. But let's talk about sleep minerals. So we talked about mag. Potassium is an amazing sleep molecule, and it helps quiet down your brain. And we, we're actually working on 2.0 right now. We're about to ramp up the potassium levels even more because we're finding that it is very powerful. Zinc. Zinc's an amazing sleep molecule because, again, it helps calm the nervous system. And it's a cofactor for melatonin and is great for testosterone production, right? If you're deficient in zinc, your, your natural testosterone production will be compromised. Then we have calcium which calcium has great research to improve REM. And it's a cofactor for tryptophan to convert into serotonin. So again, tryptophan is a very, it's a great amino acid for sleep. You know, it's where people talk about the turkey syndrome where you eat turkey, turkey is very rich in tryptophan, but you need the calcium to convert it into serotonin. So calcium is an amazing sleep molecule. Um, it happens that, again, our grandmother's advice around drinking a glass of warm milk before bed was was sound. And then we have, let's talk about a key pathway for sleep. So I, I, I mentioned it briefly, which is your brain waves. So a lot of people that struggle with falling asleep, the people that are staring at the ceiling, the people that talk about the monkey brain, the hamster wheel, whatever you want to call it. They essentially have hyperactive beta brainwave activity. Now, anything you can do to reduce your beta brainwave activity is going to help with sleep. So that can include, you know, taking a warm bath, meditation, a new calm, like whatever, you know, the nano V, et cetera, et cetera. But from a molecule perspective, there's a couple of things that do an incredible job at reducing beta brainwave activity and increasing alpha brainwave activity. And alpha is a calm but alert kind of a heart-centered space. It's great. You know, and when people start to learn meditation or do neurofeedback, that's typically the first thing you'll train is how to increase alpha. So pharma GABA will reduce beta brainwave activity significantly and it will increase alpha brain, beta brain sorry, alpha brain activity. The other one is L-theanine. So L-theanine has probably been my favorite sleep molecule for the last seven or eight years. I've probably used it like 99% of evenings. Um, you know, it's the reason why green tea or yerba mate hits differently than just pure coffee. The L-theanine helps compress the caffeine jitteriness and also extends it. It's just an amazing amino acid. I, I just love L-theanine both from a nootropic perspective as well as from a sleep perspective. So what's amazing about L-theanine is that it, it helps relax you but doesn't cause drowsiness. And that was the – I think the biggest challenge with creating sleep breakthrough was, okay, let's create something that's very powerful but doesn't cause drowsiness and grogginess, especially in the morning. So we actually had to dial a bunch of stuff back and pull a bunch of molecules. Like we, we were adding and adding and adding. And then we got to the point where, I mean, you would wake up and feel groggy because you had all of these just lingering molecules in your body and in your brain. And that's not what we wanted. We wanted something that effective at helping you fall asleep, help you stay asleep, help improve sleep quality and help you make, help you feel better in the morning. So that's why we did like 55 prototypes. It was like a year of trying these 55 prototypes. It was 
a lot of uh, experimentation. And by the way, we're we're never done. Like we're working on 2.0 right now. Like <laughs> we're constantly working on making things better and better. <laughs> we've we've improved it, which you know we'll, we'll you'll get some new versions soon. But um, the L-theanine was awesome. I mean, this is a key molecule. And finally, it's the glycine. I'll let you talk about glycine because I've actually – I've never pushed it to like 20 grams. But I think glycine is one of the most powerful amino acids for health. And I'll just briefly touch on the sleep benefits. One is it actually helps lower body temp. We talked about temperature earlier. It will actually help push blood flow to your extremities and help kind of lower your core body temp, which is amazing. And my favorite benefit of glycine for sleep is, and a lot of people have reported this, and I've certainly felt it in mothers. We have a lot of mothers, you know, emailing us, messaging us with what I'm about to say, which is I'm only getting five or six hours of sleep, but I feel so much better than I did before. And glycine is one of the few molecules that if you're not getting enough sleep, you will feel far more refreshed the next day. That's what the literature and the research showed. So for those reasons, yeah, we have three grams of glycine in it. And, you know, glycine also has some GABA benefits. So this is a very, very, very potent GABA product, okay? The mag's impacting GABA. We have the pharma GABA. We have the glycine. And in fact, with the 2.0, we've actually improve the GABA. And that's why like the dose response is very important. Like start with one scoop. Like my mother is only using like a half a, a tea, uh, sorry. She's using like less than a quarter of a teaspoon. That's what my mom's using. My dad's using wow. half a teaspoon. Um, so what we're seeing with the product is make sure that you're playing around with the dose to find what works best for you. Like more is not better. And some people have a genetic variance, seems to be about 10% of people where the GABA can be kind of a stimulation. You know, they can feel kind of jacked up from GABA, which is very interesting. And I talked to some, like Dr. Dan Engel, who I highly respect, and he told me, yeah, like a lot of people with even valerian root, they get stimulated. So Make sure you play around with the dose. Start with a very small dose and try to build up and then just see you know, what the best dose is for you. But it is very potent um, and we built it that way and you know, it works. So, Yeah, thank you so much for all of that. I mean, I, I've played around with the, all the melatonins and like you said, I did the, the melatonin suppositories, high dose, but that was more so because um, it's uh, Dr. John Laurent's had some pretty interesting um, theories around Lyme disease and mold and things like that using high dose, but it actually just kind of made me tired. I did it for like two months. I was playing around with the different suppositories. I actually haven't used one in a really long time. I, the, the high doses for me, it didn't cure my brain fog from Lyme and it, it just made me more tired throughout the day. So um, it seemed like you would sleep good because it was like an extended release melatonin. So kind of that spike you're talking about, I think it kind of got rid of that because the suppositories work over like a seven hour period, mm -hmm. but also it just, I still felt super groggy the next day. And I don't know if that was like a detox or, you know, how much inflammation I had at the time. So that didn't work for me, but I do like the, the, the product you sent me has been my favorite that I've ever used the sleep breakthrough with, I was already using the mag. So highly recommend the mag. I have an advertisement for the mag breakthrough on the beginning of every show. I mean, absolutely phenomenal product mixing that with the sleep breakthrough. 
has been my favorite and I use a little really high dose CBD and those are like my three go-tos. I do um, use the on it melatonin spray, but I would be curious to maybe switch over and try your formula. That's a little bit of a lower dose. I like the on it because you can dose it as well, but it's still Mm -hmm. a lot higher than what you're talking about. So I'm going to switch over to that. Maybe when I run out of the on it stuff or next time I make an order from you guys. And I think it's amazing. And I wanted to touch on, I don't know if you looked into like the glycine and taurine kind of combo with bile and bile flow. Have you looked into that? No. So they, they actually, the guy I'm interviewing next week, he's got some posts and he's pretty, he likes to, he doesn't really talk about sleep. He talks about, he's big into like liver gallbladder flushes and uh, he likes taurine and glycine because of the effects on bile flow. So when I seen mm. that in your product, I was wondering is like, okay, so we're already facilitating detoxification while we're sleeping, right? That's one of the main reasons we do it. So if the glycine and the taurine are working in combination to help stimulate more bile flow, are we, or I mean, I don't know, but I would obviously kind of theorize that potentially we're having a better detox throughout our sleep because they're helping to work with that bile flow where a lot of times people really, as they get toxic, like I did, or have, you know, heavy metal buildup or whatever they have, that bile flow can kind of be, um, you know, less than optimal. So I'm wondering if your products also help and facilitate a little bit of an extra detoxification and enhancing the deep sleep, which is going to get better detoxification as well. So that might be something to look into. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think glycine is obviously involved in a ton of this natural detoxification process, but I did not know about the bile. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, he has a whole post on that. I'll send you his post on Instagram yeah. so you can read through and that might spark your brain and that just be something you can look into help promote the product as well. And I, yeah, I'm interviewing him next week, so I'm excited about that. He's a big uh, detox liver gallbladder type of flush guy, and he's on the taurine and the glycine heavy. So I don't know what his doses are, so I'll pick his brain, but I know that he has some good information out about it. All right, I know we're running short on time. Is there anything that we left out that we missed? Anything you want to cover? No, that was deep, man. That was really great. Um, we covered all of it. Let me just quickly fly through my notes yeah we one thing we didn't hit on which is again a, a simple free thing is meal timing mm. i'm gonna talk about food before bed and this is a really big one so as i started again i'm from the bodybuilding world and <laughs> probably the worst bodybuilding <laughs> advice of all time is drink a huge protein shake or make sure you're getting some form of of you know slow digesting protein before bed I mean, if you want to annihilate your deep sleep consistently, just do that. Like it, it took me down to zero minutes of deep sleep consistently. And it has with pretty much anybody that I've ever known that's tracked through sleep and food timing. So I would recommend uh, a minimum of three hours, ideally four. And for a lot of people, it's five plus. So I'm talking the last meal before bed should be four hours, ideally. Now, what can you eat before bed? Okay. Is there exceptions? So in my opinion, amino acids are fine. Amino acids will be absorbed 30 to 45 minutes. That's a typical absorption time for amino acids very fast. So Obviously, we've got glycine, we've got GABA, we got L-theanine. These are amino acids inside sleep breakthrough. And any any kind of pure amino acid is just going to be absorbed. Like it's just not going to be an issue for sleep. Now, but let's talk about carbohydrates because I think this is where 
it seems at least for a lot of people and myself included that there are some potential benefits around some carbohydrates before bed. So again, I'm a natural keto guy. I've been keto for like 30 years. And as I understood that increasing serotonin before bed was a really good idea, I, I thought, well, if I eat a little bit of carbs before bed, carbohydrates naturally increase serotonin, I will probably get better sleep. And I've been doing a ton of fasting, by the way. I've been doing a ton of like three, five-day fasts recently. Like I'm on this really wild thing where I'm eating for nine days and fasting for five. <laughs> and I'm doing that like repeatedly. Anyways, but what I'm finding is, especially like on day three, where ketones are really starting to get elevated and you know, you're, you're pretty deep into autophagy at that point. That having like half a cup of fruits, I'm in Panama, so I'll typically have like half a cup of pineapple, helps me sleep better. Like I don't, you know, if if I'm on like three or four or five day fast, by day three, four, five, I'm waking up earlier and I think it's my body triggering an earlier cortisol response so that I go hunting for food. I think that's a natural evolution. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like two or three days in, you're like, you just almost can't sleep. Right. So for those reasons, I, I believe that having like 10 to 15 grams of carbohydrates right before bed is a great move. And of course, a lot of people have reported, you know, a teaspoon of honey improves their sleep. So I don't have a ton of data on that, but I can certainly say that for me, it improves my sleep. And for, for all the autophagy cops out there that are saying, well, that's, that's blowing his autophagy. I'm back, you know, autophagy is not an on-off switch, right? It's a spectrum and my body's going to scorch these carbohydrates in maybe an hour or two hours and I'm right back where I was. So, you know, for me to get better sleep and, you know, my autophagy goes down a smidge for two hours, it's, it's, I'd rather get better sleep, right? So yeah, sleep timing and food timing is key. And again, I would certainly avoid like a big meal for at least three, four, five hours. So last thing, that was the last thing I wanted to cover. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because I actually thought about how we skipped over that earlier and I was like, whatever, they'll, they'll hear that in someone else's podcast. So I'm glad you circled around to it because I do notice if I do have that big meal, like I'm out with people or whatever, which mm -hmm. is, you know, the social connection of being out with people and having that dinner every once in a while, I think outweighs like being perfect all of the time, you know, okay. having my one, two glasses of wine and having my big meal and okay, it's nine o'clock and I'm going to go to bed at 11 or whatever. It just, it is what it is that have, I don't do that all the time. So that, you know, the social connection means more to me especially with a busy schedule, but you know, on consistently, I try to at least do three hours before I do notice that if I, cause my biggest, I usually kind of eat a little bit lighter in the day, low carb mm. kind of keto than that last meal is kind of bigger. All of the carbs, the potatoes, the bananas, the honeys with mm. a lot more meat. So it's a bigger meal. And I like that. So if I do eat that too late, it'll disrupt sleep. I'll kind of toss and turn my temperatures elevated. I feel a little sweaty and, um, so I do like that, but I know you can hack it a little bit by taking some masszymes. I know that for sure. Yes. If I take extra masszymes, um, if I'm out at a restaurant, I take some gluten guardian, if I'm having bread or something or a dessert mm -hmm. and I can hack it a little bit, it's still not optimal in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I feel better if I do have a good three hours before I pass out, maybe even four, but um, there are ways to hack it and anyone doesn't know what masszymes are. 
one of the best uh, gut products ever created. I've been taking them since your very first Ben Greenfield podcast. That seemed, wow, that seems a decade ago. It's probably like five years ago, or I don't even know. It was a long time ago when you yeah. guys were talking about mass enzymes on there. And uh, after taking them, I, I just, I've never quit. I, I always take them. So if I'm having a late meal, I take a few extra. We do break down mass enzymes in our original podcast. So anybody can go listen to that. And once again, man, you rocked it. I'm always down to have you guys on the show. Um, maybe in a couple months, I'll reach out to Wade. I, th- I think I want to do more of a deep dive on magnesium. I think he'd be great for that. We've mm-hmm. we touched on it like for like five minutes in the very first episode a couple years ago, and then you kind of just did it. But I think I would want to dedicate maybe a whole show to it because I do have an advertisement for it, and I just it's one of the most revolutionary products. So maybe I'll reach out to him here soon. But why don't you let everyone know like where to find you, where to find the products. By the way, I have an affiliate code. So if you guys want to try anything out, um, it's Integrative Thoughts 10. You'll save 10%. So get some mag breakthrough, get some sleep breakthrough, but let everyone know where to find the products. Yeah, it's called Bioptimizers, B-I-Optimizers.com. Here's some of the amazing things that are coming, which I think you're going to be really excited about. One is... We have Stress Guardian coming out really soon. It is the most experiential adaptogenic formula that I've ever tried. Again, it's with the new formulator. He's a Chinese herb wizard. I've been using his formulas for many years, and we're incredibly excited to to bring this to market. So that's coming out really soon. We have our Ultimate Nutrition Bible coming out in September. We've been working on this for three years. The, The first draft of this book was... 500,000 words, uh, <laughs> which which Tim Ferriss would have been proud of and maybe even a little bit intimidated. Yeah, it is the ultimate nutrition book. It is 34 chapters. We cover every nutritional strategy, every diet, every goal, everything from nutrigenomics down to you know keto, paleo, plant-based, like all of it. Weight loss, muscle building, athletic performance, like we're, we're incredibly proud of this. Um, it's been a massive team effort. Me, Wade, some nutrigenomic experts. Like it's, it's a masterpiece and we're really excited to bring it to the world. And then we have man stacks. So again, like I am, I am off TRT and I feel amazing. So yeah, we're, we're really excited. Now here's something wild. Do you want to see something wild? Do you, do you do cold therapy? Yeah, I have a cold plunge. Okay. See this brown fat cap? Wow. Check out these caps. So (laughs) I I built this product um, and it's the wildest product experientially that we've ever built. Like, you know, we have a lot of experiential things in the tropic side and on the bioptimizer side. So you take these pills, it takes about two hours to really hit, okay? Two hours after you take like two of these, you start sweating. Your brow sweating, like it's not normal sweat. Your brow sweating, your arms are sweating. And especially if you're like an air conditioned environment, it's like you're, you're probably running some AC down in Florida when it's hot. So, and by the way, we have a lab in Tampa. You probably know the guys. We have a lab in Tampa that this is the first product we're going to test with them. So this is a human performance lab. We're going to be testing how is this impacting metabolism. You know, you know, it's very, very likely activating a lot of Beijing 
of you know white fat to beige fat. Um, unfortunately, they don't have the MRI machines to see that, but we're going to be testing metabolism, all kinds of things, ketones. There's some really, really wild stuff happening um, with this product. So anyways, we're literally sending some to these guys in Tampa and I'm going to be testing that. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things coming this year. And we had like 35 things in the pipeline. Like we are just getting started. And on the digestive front, we have reformulated every single digestive products. Masszymes 4.0 is coming out in July. So that is going to be our first like laboratory reformulated product. So Masszymes is our oldest product. Uh, it was launched in 2005. Been our bestseller or second bestseller ever since. It's amazing. And then we literally reformulated it from scratch. We got, we ordered every enzyme we could from around the world, tested them one by one, tested all the combinations, tested all the cofactors, and we've recreated it. So that's 4.0 coming out again, July. Really excited about that. And then we got Capex coming out. Like all of them are coming out. They're all at least 30 to 40% stronger and like HCL breakthrough, I think it's like 200% stronger. It's completely, it's off the charts. Like, and we're talking laboratory tests. There's this test called InfoGest, which is like the gold standard for laboratory digestive testing. So that's what we're using to reformulate. It's hundreds and hundreds of experiments to get to this point. And we're really proud of the, the lab team and Anyways, that's coming out. So yeah, man, we're just getting started. Um, believe me when I say we are going to revolutionize supplementation and push push the the boundaries of effect of effectiveness and strength and we're really excited man so that's fucking beautiful man that's why i like to have you guys on i'll have you on as many every time something comes out you let me know if wade cool. wants to come or you want to come or mr newts wants to come i you're my favorite supplement company for right. sure i think you guys all are really like down to earth and cool and just naturally smart and curious and you keep evolving and that's really what it's about you know everybody can make a great product but do they keep you know making it better making it better keep you know, obsessed, reading the man. research and that's, that's how I feel. So I'm connected with you guys. I, you know, I advertise you guys on the show. I just, I, I love all the products. So thank you so much. I don't think we ever told ever, anyone where to, where to find it though. Yeah. Just bobtomizers.com. Um, yeah. You can get the sleep breakthrough there. Again, make sure you use Matthew's code, save 10%. We have a 365 day unquestionable, unquestioned money back guarantee. I think we have probably one of the lowest refund rates in, in the industry. And we certainly have the best guarantee. So if any of these products, including Sleep Breakthrough, doesn't work, you know, just set, set, hit us up. Our customer support team, I think, is the best in the biz. We typically respond within 30 minutes. So hit us up. We'll give you all your, your money back. No questions asked. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. I'm sure you'll be back on here soon. Definitely with the nutrition book or something, we'll have you back on. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Cool. Later on, brother. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.